Ladies and gentlemen, we couldn't be more excited to live in a brand new year of the political gong show. While Justin Judeau is going on his listening tour, he should probably give us a listen this week, but we're only available in the English language. Well, I don't know if anyone is actually no French anyway. Now that Kevin O'Leary has decided to throw in his hat into politics, the conservative race is really heating up to a lukewarm temperature. And Donald... How Donald, you stupid little orange man with tiny hands and a fragile ego. You're the president now. Don't screw this up. I realize in me saying that that it's already too late, but no matter how bad things are going to get, and we know that this is only the tip of the iceberg, we can rely on your administration to spew alternative facts that can't even penetrate your own bubble. Here's the week in politics, and boy, oh boy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our News Friends Politics podcast, which, um, even though it's been the Christmas break, I don't even think we finalized a name yet. Welcome back, that one viewer. <laughs> I missed you, one Tell viewer. Me. I think we've had more than... <laughs> I, we've had well, more than okay, two viewers. Okay, two viewers. <laughs> two viewers. <laughs> I missed you, two like, viewers. Um, can't, can't see us. Uh, I can't I, see you. As <laughs> usual, I'm the I moderator you, of this thing. I can't see you, but I feel you. As per usual, I'm the moderator of this thing, Michael Lillick, and joined with me as always is Brian McGovern. Man, what a beautiful day to punch a Nazi, am I right? <laughs> and Edric Duda. Hey, we've been doing this for like one and a half, well, like a half a year now, and why is Brian's name announced first? Like, the hell, man? Why is this um... There? It that's goes a, a in descending order. It's, it's real Canadian yeah, white, alphabetical. Mexican white, and then uh, whatever you are. <laughs> How do you know that you're white, Brian? You're, you're you're Mexican, aren't you? Yeah, my dad's Canadian too. Oh well, you're half. So according to Trump's list, you're probably in the minority. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll be I'll be okay. As, I'll be okay as long as I buy everything American. Yeah, yeah. especially those like Trump hats which are made in China, right? So American, <laughs> right? Right? Okay, sorry. But honestly, guys, let's spare no time with this, and let's actually switch it up. It's a new year. We're going to try something new. We we're already talking about Canadian politics before we even started this thing, so let's continue to talk about the Canadian politics. Gosh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, we topic- were talking yeah, we were talking about Trudeau's uh, town hall, uh, town hall, like tour around the country, which was his response of not attending the inauguration, which was very funny. Live uh, this Sunday, watch Justin Trudeau walk to around people, talk to yeah, them. Yeah, and you know the the town hall was like obviously um, he had very strict, you know, political messaging, so there wasn't really that much substance there. But you know, you can see the prime minister engaging with other people, which is really cool. And, and something that's, remember, only and, you know, Stephen Harper said. never does that. You know, Stephen Harper never did that, I think, in during his tenure. I don't think Paul Martin did. I don't think John Chan did. So I think he's probably one of the unique prime ministers that actually, like, exposed himself to the public sphere. But here's a question about that, because isn't that the kind of thing that you would do before you run to <laughs> office? Like, you, you get to the heart of the matter within each province before you get the job that lets you address these issues. And he's kind of, you know, doing it now. (laughs) He's like, people from Alberta, really tell me your problems. You are prime minister. Okay, well, let's work on that. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, see you but, next year. Yeah, I think it's like it's 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 both views, I guess, both in Trudeau's positives and public's positives because I think Hillary Clinton's down, campaign's downfall was that you know they kind of aggregated the political data and treated everyone like a statistic. Yeah. You know, and which is which is something that you shouldn't really do because because you know people aren't really people aren't you know, like sure they're bound to their racial identities or ge- their gender identities but they're still people right and they're different and and it's nice seeing Trudeau like go in and in, in these town halls and actually just engaging questions and you know what like the, and what i found surprising was that um in the media you know you see like Trudeau having a very uh, uh have a lot of controversy with Aga Khan and any of the Chinese millionaires that he had lunch with, with that cute selfie of his, um, you know that was that was a big thing in the media, right? But the thing is that if you went to the actual town halls, that wasn't the major issue, like not at all. The major issue was like, you know, the 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 things that matter, <laughs> like environment or or minimum wage or or OAS or electro bills, like you know. So so you know you're you're really seeing like a disconnect between the media and. And and uh, and real life. So th- that's something that's you know I don't think Trudeau will never has actually seen now since um, since he did this tour. But yeah, that's what I feel. <laughs> it was kind of funny that that moment, the selfie moment that was in Halifax, right, or Nova Scotia, one of the Maritimes. yeah, I yeah. Was like in, yeah, yeah, it was in the Maritimes, yeah. And yeah, the whole thing was, hey, Trudeau, come take a selfie with us. He was like, sure. And then there was he a, fell for that trap. He fell for, for the trap. trap. The the lady on the left started asking him a question, and then you could see like a split second like facial expression that he had, like "oh shit." <laughs> but I have to mm-hmm. hand it to the guy that he, on the fly, he actually came up with an answer, whether it was an non-answer or not. He didn't. Pardon me. He didn't. He didn't run away from the situation. He he answered whatever question that the girl had. Uh, what question was that? Uh, they were asking him about. About the pipeline, right? Or was it about native issues? Did you not see the thing yourself, Edric? No, of course not. Oh. Let me <laughs> let me ask. Wait, what, the what, what, the the, wait, which which buzzword was that? What 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 buzz phrase was that? Was it like phasing out oil sands, or um, um, God, was it some other quote? Or I'm just googling Justin Trudeau gets caught coffee shop, and I'm hoping it doesn't lead to uh, you know other stuff. <laughs> Yeah, it was like they they Indigenous Yeah, there you go. Got it. Oh, You're like right. he was Indigenous. Oh, I think I remember like um so instead of taking a selfie, she did a video recording, yeah. right? Yeah, like a live And uh, then and then and then just inter- and then like, "Hey, J- Prime Minister, can we have a selfie with you?" And then she says like, "So what do you feel about <laughs> the United Nations and their uh First Nations rights?" And then and then he immediately went to his political face and it's just like, oh, no, it's just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. but he yeah, answered the question, um, and so, and, you know, he kind of finally knew that, he, oh, my God, that was a trick, and, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he made some... Night, though. Yeah, but he made some major faux pas, um, obviously, with the, like, the French thing. Oh, my gosh, like, there was a, there was a woman who asked them a question in English, but then he responded in French, which pissed off the woman, and then the woman kept on pressing like you should probably speak English or she complained that she that the prime minister speak English but then Justin Trudeau um, responded by saying well we're in Quebec in a francophone city I forgot what it was 
And and so I'm gonna speak French. And then like, what the heck? <laughs> which wait, which wait, he only which... he only wanted to speak French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Quebec, uh, even well, though the, even though the question was in English. There's right? something about that English... that I totally understand though. Like, if he's in Quebec, he probably wants to appeal to Quebec, so he's going mm-hmm. to answer in French. Yeah, but the thing is, is that it's kind of counterintuitive because the question was asked in English, and so therefore it's an English speaker in French and in, in, in Quebec. But, but so, one thing though, was was he gonna? Did he answer in French and then was he gonna? No, answer he didn't. He, didn't. he just completely he just completely answered in French. <laughs> so he just answered answered in French a question in English and st- full stop. Looked for the next question and the person yeah, was much. like, yeah. "Yo, yeah, bro, pretty- what up? I speak English." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, wow, so, that's I think, weird. I, but I think that's his reasoning so behind that, instead of speaking English at the same time, is that he just wanted to get to question after question, and not have to waste time in two different languages. Yeah, there, there yeah, and but, there's a lot of. But him know. being in Quebec, he's probably going to prioritize French first when mm-hmm. answering anything. Yeah, but I he didn't really respond. He repeated his question with English, so that was that was very what weird. Did, what did he re- he's probably what did tired, he reply- you know, whatever. Yeah, he's tired, and like he doesn't want to do the whole thing. But what did he reply <laughs> when somebody was like, when when that person was like, "Yo, can you answer in English?" Or did did nobody acknowledge that? No, yeah, he did complain, but then Trudeau reiterated that um, I'm since we're in Quebec, I'm going to speak French. So uh, okay. Yeah. Man, that's so strange. That's so strange to me. That's such a yeah. weird thing. Like, do, I, that I was mean, weird. Yeah, this, that was weird. That was someone that was who speaks weird. two languages. Like, your brain kind of farts sometimes when you're speaking two languages. But, I mean, there's a big. T- the, the, a lot of times, what happens is that you, what you listen is what you respond to. Like, if I listen to something in Spanish, then my my instinct is to like respond to it in Spanish. Same with English. Like, it's only when I'm stumbling with some words that I need either English or Spanish but that's such a strange scenario I don't know I, I don't know why I'm yeah so... it is very strange and so like I, I have no idea what the the thing is but the thing is, is that if you expose yourself like that in the public sphere then you are going to bounce make some errors because you know you can't plan these things right you have to think on the fly and um, you know uh, uh, speech Trudeau is much more eloquent than you know improv Trudeau. <laughs> like if I can say <laughs> yeah. that, right? Like he's literally improving, right? I mean, he has to make eloquent statements in a shorter period of time, you know, to, yeah. and to make it seem like he's engaged. Um, and instead of eloquent uh, speech Trudeau, where you know he already has a speech and just reading out in lines. So you know that's a. But he's getting better at it actually. He was he, he, he's becoming a very good improv speaker. Like last year, he was not a very good improv speaker, but I think like he's actually getting used to. Like Barack he's... Obama is a very good improv speaker. Yeah, yeah exactly. Barack like, Obama very... also has like eight years of experience. Like the first couple of years, he was really slow on talking because he wanted. To yeah, be he was very, very slow about his words. Mm-hmm, yeah, and but the thing is, is that Barack Obama, but like instead of like he he does long poses, long pauses when he speaks, but Trudeau does like uh. Uh, uh, like, oh my gosh, he, 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 he keeps saying, uh, like whenever he has to pause, it's so annoying. And, and when you, when you, when you look at him speak, you'll notice it. Like, I'm pretty sure I ruined you guys' Justin Trudeau love right there. (laughs) Um, Hey man, I got no love for politicians right here. (laughs) Especially what happened, but, but, uh, straight shooter. But speaking yeah. of uh, speaking in French, 
the did the conservative uh, debate happen yet? Oh, okay. Like the one where they they all yeah the, the one in French. I think that happened um, last Monday, and then Kevin O'Leary. That was the last French debate, and I think it was no, not in Moncton. It was if that was the last French debate, then basically Kevin O'Leary was picking and choosing. Yeah, and then Kevin time. O'Leary announced announced that he was running the day later. So obviously he was trying to. So we're talking we're talking about Kevin O'Leary now. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, for those who don't know who viewers, Kevin O'Leary is, all yeah, two viewers please, there. Please break it down. <laughs> Uh, he yes. is basically the Canadian version of Trump in a sense. Like, you wouldn't say that he is a carbon copy of Trump, but he is a very rich guy that became popular through television who suddenly thinks that he'd be really good at politics. Yeah, like, uh, in terms of policies, he's not, he's not like Trump at all. Like, yeah. you know, he's not, he's incredibly pro-trade. Um, he's incredibly... He's incredibly liberal when it comes to immigration, like, and and he's incredibly liberal when it comes to social issues like marijuana. He wants to actually legalize it and put a business on it, so you know that's, that's gonna pull like the teenagers. Um, but <laughs> nothing like pulling teenagers like a, a, a balding man. <laughs> man, Dragon's Den would be so much more interesting if it was about a bunch of people trying to sell their pot products. <laughs> But but yeah, so that's Kevin O'Leary. He's a he's a very oh, narcissistic. Like you know, when you when you when you watch his shows like Shark Tank or Dragon's Den, he's like the villain. Like he's always strict. He's always rude. He's always um he thinks that he knows everything. He but the thing is is that um a lot there was a lot of backlash when Kevin O'Leary um um announced his candidacy, particularly from Arlene Dickinson, who was the code. Who was another dragon from Dragon's Den? Like they worked in the same show, and she was a millionaire, and she was, you know, getting paid. she was giving money, investing in companies, the same way that Kevin was. But anyways, Arlene was like did this grilling interview, like ten minutes with the CBC, calling Kevin is like a, a like a lot of. She didn't really hold, she didn't hold back. It was so funny. It was so glorious. He said that he loved. Kevin loves getting the attention. He can't really feel compassion and empathy. <laughs> it's not Jesus what you look Christ. for a leader. Um, and that um, all he does, and uh, he's only doing this just so he can get attention to himself. Like, <laughs> like she, she literally, like, grilled him um, for, for, uh, for his candidacy. But... Um, but yeah, and there was like a lot of backlash from the French speakers as well, because obviously he announced like after the final French debate, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> it's like pretty bold move. Yeah, pretty, pretty bold move because obviously he can't speak French and he probably will not learn to speak French. Um, <laughs> not care to speak French. Yeah, which is, which is particularly political suicide because because the thing is, is that the way that uh, the conservative leadership races, you know, like they elect their new leader is through ridings, actually. So the riding yeah. associations would vote for the like the conservatives and the riding associations would vote for the part, uh, vote for the leader that they want. And you know, Quebec has like sixty seats, the sixty like you know votes, electoral votes. So if he can't speak French, then he can't get all of those seats. He probably won't get any of the seats because he doesn't speak French. Right. Um, also, isn't like Quebec like a mess right now? Like mm-hmm. the dumpster fire of politics right now? Oh no, no, I, no. Quebec is Quebec is fine. I haven't I haven't read too much 
in Quebec politics lately, mainly because they're not really showing up, but um, okay. Alberta is like completely gone haywire. Uh, <laughs> um, of course. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, speaking note of French my is course very. As if I knew anything, and I don't know anything about Canadian politics. Yeah, yeah you don't. But the thing is, is that like speaking French is very important in Canadian politics. Like Stephen Harper, who hated French French Canadians, <laughs> like <laughs> like eventually learned to speak French because he knew the importance of speaking French, right? Like, sure, he got only got 15 seats in Quebec, but he probably won't get any of the seats in Quebec if he didn't speak French. So, um, it's, it's fascinating to me the difference between American and Canadian politics is about how, like, learning both languages of the country is the thing that you need. It's like the game changer for your politics. And in America, it just kind of seems like, no, you just have to speak English because we don't really care about anything else. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, it's because of our cultural paradigms, right? I mean, America has the culture theory called melting pot, right? Where it doesn't matter what your culture is, you're all going to be one uniform identity. Well, in Canada, you know, you had English Canadians, you had French Canadians, you had Ukrainian Canadians, you had First Nations, you had... Indians, Chinese, Japanese, and so we never we never really had a uniform identity, right? As a as a nation, so that that that's what makes us special, um, and so that's why you need to actually acknowledge other people's cultures, <laughs> and one way of doing that is to speak French, <laughs> right? And Quebec is a Quebec has a lot of seats, right? And so you have to. And we're in a bilingual nation, right? And not only that, New Brunswick is bilingual, and some parts of Manitoba as well, like I think the northern part. Um, I don't know if you can correct me that, Michael, since you live in Manitoba. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, we have, especially the part where I lived, um, we had a lot more emphasis on the Cree language than French. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, were you in the northern? Were you in Winnipeg? Yep. Or I was in the oh. northern part. Oh, okay, Yeehaw. so maybe. I- Maybe there's some conclaves of French speaking there, but you know what? Like, there's there's kind of a, a a serious question that comes into my head every once in a while. Of like, given the growing population of Asian Asian people living in Canada, at what point do you think um, something like Mandarin is going to have to be an official language that we would have to learn? Mandarin? Oh, I don't think Mandarin is ever going to be an official language. Um, it doesn't have the historical element that, you know, French had. French was, French... I mean, like, it had you, an historical yeah. element for a completely different re- reason. Or that's No, I, I, don't think, I don't think Mandarin will ever be an official language. Because they're just immigrants, right? But obviously, if English oh, oh, and French... Wow! Are, are, are <laughs> but, but, uh, like, no, but, like, uh, what I mean by that, and let me correct myself, is that, you know, English and French Canadians were the, were the founding... You know, members right. of Canada, right? They were yeah. kind of immigrants too, though. To yeah, they were immigrants, yeah, but they weren't really the cornerstone I think, of. I think what Michael is referring to is this growing Chinese population in Canada and how, I mean, I don't know if Michael I mean, yeah, that's that's like a, that's the like Chinese yeah, that is a. A lot of people up. are talking about that, right? I mean, like, what if uh, Chinese Canadians overtook the French population? By the way, cut uh, that out, Michael. That, that sounds. Yeah, and then like, will we will we have another? Um, French, like Mandarin. To be honest, like you have Mandarin or Cantonese, so like yeah, you have other you have other languages as well. Yeah, but well, like I mean, oh, the thing yeah. is, you you can get hubs too, right? Where like you know, 
whoever may run, let's say, in, uh, in Richmond, British Columbia, shout out to the home of Alex Hoagie, uh, <laughs> you know, it would be not crucial, but it would be a big, 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 big plus if you spoke either Cantonese or Mandarin to reach a wider demographic in the, in the, in the, in the, the audience that lives there, basically. Audience, like we're talking about a movie. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons why, um, <laughs> Um, Justin Trudeau actually didn't have a lot of um, Chinese people um, running in Parliament in BC, but rather Indians. There were there was a lot of Hindus um, running for 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 Parliament in BC, like Harjit Sejan and and the te- the, the current uh, Minister of Technology Innovation. I forgot what he Nafti Baines, I think, uh, but I don't know. I don't know if he was from BC, but but you know he 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 literally had like a huge. Uh, nomination kind of uh, selection to place all these people into specific writings where, you know... And don't forget about uh, in in North Vancouver, the old like the white guy? Is, like, like, for example, Surrey. Here, Surrey is a really good example, right? I mean, I don't think a white guy will ever win Surrey. <laughs> all right, all right. That's not... Like, no, like, no, just because of the fact, like, if I went to the, the previous elections, everyone, including, I think, the provincial... Um, MLAs ran an Indian there, and obviously because there's a heavily Indian population in Surrey, mm-hmm. right? So, <laughs> first so, of all, so like, isn't the correct term Punjabi? Huh? Well, the Indian is the catch all thing because there's more yeah. than Punjabi over there's there. There's Hindus and Punjabi okay, okay. and Sikhs. Just, yeah, just, so. Just cut- yeah. Michael, just cut this whole thing out. Just, no, just cut no, it. No, we're adults here. <laughs> no, I'll pay you if you don't cut this. <laughs> whoa, whoa, okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, it's, uh it's, yeah, Brian, you, you were wrong. Uh, it's like saying, it was like, why don't you just, we're Canadian, you know? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of those things. The reason why I asked that question is because Canada is very, a very dem- democratic country. So, oh, yeah. even though that, like, the Chinese or um, the the Indian populace were not, like, founding uh, races in the creation of Canada, I feel at some point they could grow enough to become an official language of the country. And, like, whether that is on a, yeah. a federal scale I, I, or, I, like, more realistically, yeah. a provincial one. Yeah, I yeah, I, I think I, th- I think I think that's realistic because we Canadians are pretty tolerant when it comes to cultural, you know, values, right? Um, much more than the U.S. and much more than I think in any other country. Um, and I think that's what's spe- what's that that's what's special about us Canadians. So I don't. So that's really a possibility that's probably going to happen in probably hundred years from now. Um, but you know, it's still a possibility. I mean, yeah, I mean. Anything but, is possible. But, but yeah, but yeah, Michael, if you're, you know, I know you want to be prime minister, so you better brush up on your French. <laughs> <laughs> uh, je suis uh, la jeune garçon. That's all I need to know. Uh, I, I am a guy. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Just that's your whole speech. I am a guy. I am a guy. And then I what will ask the people. What else do you people, need to know, people? Then I will ask the people. Comment ça va? <laughs> How are you guys? Let's get to the issue. How are you guys? People around them, uh, around them, amongst themselves in French. Man, I really like this guy. You think? I think he really gets us. <laughs> I'm gonna win. 
It's going to be amazing. Um, but okay, so uh, in terms of how the shit's going in Canada, is that basically where we're at right now this week? It's just um, a conservative I think shit show, and then soon. Parliament's opening soon. Okay. I don't know. The conservatives are still a mess. The NDP is like still. I'm sorry, but completely non-existent right now. Yeah, <laughs> like their much. their leadership race is completely, as Trump as would say, low energy, um, <laughs> which is which is quite sad because you know the NDP is one of the most you know respected parties in Canada, and I would want to have like a significant dignified leader taking the helm, but obviously they're 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 undertaking a identity crisis as a party, so. Like, do we go further left or do we go like worker left? You know, that's uh, they need that's to get the back key. to the heart of it. I think, worker which is the worker is left, probably where they want to go. Yeah, which is the worker left, right? Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that like you can't you can't be the worker left if you want to get rid of all the oil sands. Like, you know, that's just not that's that's completely. I think everyone's just missing yeah. out on the point, and they all have to get back to talking about the real issues, which is weed. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> fucking no, weed. I mean, come on. Think about it this way. When those mines close down, you can use it to grow marijuana. I mean, Flynn already does it. <laughs> Great. Excellent. There you go. Canada, largest exporter of weed. <laughs> we got a corner sub market. We're on to you. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, so that's what Canada is, and uh, yeah. Yeah, sounds good. I think we should also keep our start to peel our eyes on to the local BC election because I know absolutely nothing about anything, and I see people start to like tweet out stuff and whatnot. And yeah, I want to be. BC election is going to be really, really interesting. Housing is probably going to be the number one issue. I think next is public oh, education. Think? <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to come out every uh, there's, there's a tie with there's a tie with um, public education and fentanyl probably the top two and then and right. probably top three is the other one, um, but yeah. Um, God, I can't but, wait for fentanyl to like fentanyl figures to be dropped every day. Like our governments aren't doing enough. If you elect me, I will stop the fentanyl. Just stop it flat out. Like okay, how? I have no idea, but I will stop. <laughs> I will knock. On every door and ask the question, do you have fentanyl lying around? <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Christy Clark wins. <laughs> I really wouldn't be surprised. Um, but um, but I wouldn't really surprised if John Horgan wins either. So I don't know. It's it's starting to pop up, you know. Like I'm starting to see his name more and more here and there. So like I can see the people being like so tired, like the Stephen Harper effect. Like they're just so tired of, of Christy Clark. That they'll actually pay attention this time and be like, "All yeah. right, let's look for the other but Chris, guy." But freaking, but freaking Christy Clark did that. Um, really, I think I don't, I don't know if it's smart policy, but you know, she gave like a uh, an advance on on loans when it comes to mortgage payments, which my my family loved, by the way. Uh, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, like we get we get like a advance in our in our in our loans. To, oh, to but purchase. have you seen like the actual specifications of all that shit? Like, it's it's to the bone, like to the letter, like ridiculous how how restricted. Yeah, but you is. got the headline right. So, and then now you're having like a lot of people in my newsfeed saying like, "Oh my gosh, uh, Christy Clark is actually like 
reinvented uh giving oh, just just you wait for like in a, in a couple of months for all these schools that are in danger to be all of a sudden be like and we're gonna build it from the ground up I'm like oh yeah thank you so much wait, liberal can you, can you vote in the provincial can you vote in the election Brian? uh yeah i vote i voted since i moved here actually i i specifically had this teacher in social studies who told us do not vote for christy clark and i didn't know anything and i, and I was like you know what, man? Fuck you. I'm going to go against you. And then oh. I didn't know who was voting oh, for it. And then you regretted it, didn't you? You're part of well, the problem, I mean, like, Brian. Congratulations. It hasn't really affected my life. I was 18 at the time, so, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, Brian, get the hell out. You're, you're, you're uninformed uh, Mexican. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. But, but gentlemen, so gentlemen, let's not be around the bush anymore. Let's We're like not be around WWE the bush anymore. We have to address the situation on the other side of the border. Do we really have to? I mean, Michael, like... this is your cue to put the song. The this is the end of the world song. <laughs> I, 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 I remember, like uh, Trump was having such a trouble with like finding celebrities to sing for him, and then Alec Baldwin said, "Like, yeah, I'll volunteer to sing for inauguration. I'll sing Highway to Hell." <laughs> <laughs> That was so funny. I, uh, I mean, like, so. on the subject of the inauguration, like, the fact that he couldn't book next to anybody relevant, like... You're who, saying who you're the love 311 Doors or whatever the hell that was called? Uh, three Doors yeah, right? Down? Three Doors Down. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Three Doors three Down doors with down. their number one hit from, like, what, 25 years ago or some shit? Of course. <laughs> Oh, but Trump was loving it. I mean, oh, yeah. you're right. Let's start. Let's start right there. At the All right, Brian, give give us the overview. Since so, I mean, actually, we all knew this day was gonna be weird in like every sense of the word. Uh, what m my favorite part of it was that there was like absolutely no one. Like, well, you know, there was the supporters, but no one in those masses like Obama had back in '09 and and all that stuff. Uh, you know, I, I absolutely love seeing them walk around and just be like waving and whatnot. And then the camera turns and the bleachers were empty. It's a great, it's a great day for that, for that kind of stuff. Um, you know, you get your usual fanfare with Trump. He's trying to look presidential, whatever that looks like in his head, walking around and not. <laughs> uh, Melania Trump gives this weird gift to Michelle Obama when they meet with the Obamas and it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, <laughs> And then finally, big boy, Donny Trump gets signed in, sworn in president. I'm, I'm amazed that he got it all, all right, you know? Like, I'm, I'm pretty surprised that he, he was able to remember it. Uh, and then... <laughs> and then he gives this little speech. Uh, and by little, I mean, like, over an hour or whatnot. It was 16 minutes, 16 minutes. Oh, 16, 16. minutes, sorry. Yeah, it was 16 minutes. Uh, a, con a condensed version of his Republican National Committee speech, where he kind of just has this vision of America as basically fallout outside and uh, everyone's in, living in shambles and the inner cities are a mess and there's crime and carnage is an actual word that was used to describe the United States of America. Um, yeah, pretty ridiculous day. Pretty sad day on Twitter. Lots of uh, writers, comedians and people, uh, actresses and actresses and everything, everyone around just kind of being like, God sucks. No, I can't believe it. And like trying to make fun of it, but no one really had the energy for it. What did you guys think about seeing our big Dunny boy over there, standing 
tall and proud. Uh, I didn't even watch it. That's how that's how horrified I was. And, um, yeah, it was clips or anything. Huh? Where are we? Like you haven't seen clips from the day? No, well, yeah, I've seen clips, yeah, and it it was quite weird because it was raining as well. <laughs> which kind of which 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 was like not like. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, Obama, like, secretly cries as the rain teardrops his head. Um. All I really <laughs> saw was, I mean, people just playing with that stuff over Twitter and Facebook, yeah. right? So, um, And the women's marches were great. Every time... Well, um, before we go into that, let's finish on the inauguration day. Yeah, but, like, every time Michelle Obama had a, a face... It was mean. Mean. It was such a mean face. Like she did not. She was not happy to be there. She was not happy to see this thing unfold in front of her. <laughs> I still yeah. think the best video or picture or anything from that day was the uh, video of Bill Clinton checking out Ivanka, and then oh, Hillary that was so weird. Like, what yeah. the fuck, man? Come on. But but Keep see, we'll have a die hard, thing, man. This is the thing, though. <laughs> I mean, people were saying that. But then there was a picture of of where those two were actually standing, and they were on opposite sides of the thing. So, like, Bill Clinton wasn't looking at her. He was looking at something else. Well, I mean, he was looking at something, if you know what I mean. Because yeah. that Hillary look wasn't like, I'm so proud for, for, of you looking at, uh, I don't know, this child. <laughs> it was like, uh, come on, Bill. Maybe Maybe he was just avoiding the front of the podium at all costs just because he didn't want to, like, feel depressed oh yeah oh. one thing i want to talk about concerning the inauguration was like the like the like kelly like the, the, like, like like the trump administration was like kind of downplayed the crowd size <laughs> of, of the inauguration well that's another thing that it's been rolling out so i mean i guess we can formally move on from making fun of all those people i will still make fun of kellyanne conway's dress it was ridiculous i don't know what she was wearing she uh, looked like the Nutcracker, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah, she wore like a red, blue, and white thing. I, 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 I don't know, but. So did they after? By the way, welcome to your e online uh, dress uh, review of everyone at the inauguration. <laughs> oh um, my gosh! The day after the inauguration on the Saturday, right? We got this big uh, group of marches all over the United States, all over. Uh, America, like North America, all over the world, pretty much. In London, there was one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of, you know, uh, the big message was women and women's rights and uh, political statement against the Donald J. Trump administration entering office and what they kind of represent and what they kind of going for. So, you know, this beautiful day of people marching, people expressing themselves, people with signs and all this stuff, and you could argue for days about the the power of of of, of this of these revolts, but I think it's a big sign of people just being like not committed to what the government is is going to become in the United States. And obviously, obviously Trump, who by the way tweeted not from not not from the POTUS account, but from his personal account, which I guess he still has. Yeah, he'll probably have that. Uh, was took the high road actually and said that it was. You know, he was he may disagree with the march, but you know, it's it's the right of every American to do to do whatever they want and whatever the hell. And but so that was like hours after he complained about it over Twitter. So it's like somebody in his administrative administration actually sat him down and said, Look, 
Well, now the other the thing time that for you to be a little bitch about it. <laughs> I wonder who's that person, if it's really Kellyanne or whoever the hell. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, the other thing that happened on Saturday is we get this big first press conference from the press secretary. Is, uh, what's his stupid name? Sean Spicer, right? Yep. Yeah, Sean Spicer, who looks like, you know, Jesus Christ. Like uh, The best tweet I saw today was that somebody said that he looks like the first person who's infected in the zombie apocalypse and doesn't tell the group and then ends up like killing half of them. Like, the dude is just ridiculous. He comes out and he immediately attacks the media for attacking the president on the number of people that were at his stupid inauguration. He said it was mis- misreported. He never pointed at anyone, just said in various tweets, in tweets, in another tweet, like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? And also uh, kind of, he also blasted the media for reporting that the Martin Luther King bust was moved for a Winston, Winston, Sir Winston Churchill, sorry, one, which he claims is absolutely not, not true and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you're, you're not reporting right and shame on you, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then it became the meme of the year so far, running, taking an early lead for meme of the year, where he said that the numbers weren't able to, you know, nobody had real numbers. You couldn't really tell how many people were there, but there were millions of people, period. Like there was tons of people. Yeah. It, was the, it was the highest uh, attended inauguration ever, period. And that's become the meme. This is meme 101 with your dad, Michael Ehrlich. <laughs> well, like, uh, I mean, like, you know, um, it, it just goes to show, like, Donald Trump's character. I mean, like, people think that he'll change from this crybaby, but, like, he's still a baby. Like, <laughs> but, like, and that's the thing, too. Like, what Sean Spicer did first day of being press secretary was basically commit well, damn near commit a career suicide almost by like being a total asshole and nitwit in front of everybody. Who cares though? They're gonna keep him. That's yeah. a, listen. This is Who this cares? is gonna get loud for a second. What the fuck, man? Who cares about this whole like how many people attended? Like, who cares? Yeah. Just come out and say like, oh, I guess we didn't get enough people as as much people as we wanted. Like. You really are that gutless that, like, going into Donald Trump's office and be, and he's like, oh, why'd you say this? Because like, it's true. And like, our, This is the thing now. Now, this is a real question for, for you guys. I'll, 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 I'll shut up and let you guys talk for a little bit. Do you guys think that they're lying on purpose? Or are they really that fucked up in their own brains that they just really, really believe that the way they see the world is the way it is? I want to say it's a little bit both, but I feel like they're lying on purpose a lot more than they actually believe this stuff. Yeah. Um, because Trump is the moron here. Like, he's the stupid little boy that somehow won the entire shebang, so now they all have to play just as stupid as him uh, in order for them to get where they want to go. Uh, so whether that means like embarrassing themselves in front of the press and like continue saying weird things like alternative fact and what have you yeah like they're they're playing the long game because what i personally think is that as long as what trump does and all these trumpisms continue to be a distraction for everybody then like 
behind the scenes, they're going to get up to some nefarious shit. Yeah, they're going to the spin control, spin control. But it's so, it's all stuff that it's so easily proven wrong. Like, this is the, this is the thing that really bothers me. Like, are they really sitting down and like, I can't believe they're reporting on this. Like, there were so many people. Like, Trump actually comes out and goes like, there was like a million, a million and a half. I'm like, what? Who cares, bruh? You're the president. Like, make a joke about it. Move on with your life. Holy shit. Holy yeah, but- shit. But yeah, but he's so sensitive, right? And that's what his, that's, 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 you know, that's his, that's his character. <laughs> oh my god. So, yeah, the act, so. And, the, and today being his, being the, by the way, the, the plan that they had was going to the weekend and take a break, cause you know, they really need one yeah. after so much, whatever the hell they're doing. So much. And so actually much hard start, work, right? start working on Let Monday, me sign this paper today. and then, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and today he signed a couple more stuff where he is uh, basically frozen any hiring for federal agencies across the board, except for the military. Uh, withdrawn from withdrawn from the Trans Pacific Partnership mm-hmm. in a super stupid bold move. And again, kind of just continue to promise that executives, uh, corporations will keep the jobs in the U.S. and being like, I'll make the deal. It'll work out. I promise. Uh, yeah, he, in another little bit of a what the fuck moment, he had a meeting with the CIA and came out of it. And this is the press conference, by the way, so the, the, this is where he claimed that there was a million, a million and a half people at his inauguration. Totally wrong, by the way. That the, he lost the popular vote because of five million illegal ballots. Like, what, what is this guy taking? Well, he can't stand losing. I mean, he does. He can't stand that he didn't get the popular vote, and so he's just deluding himself. Well, like I mean, that's his nature. This is this is like an eye-opening thing about the kind of psyche that Donald Trump has. Is that when he went over to the CIA to talk to them, he had an entourage of people to clap and laugh at his jokes. Oh my god! Yeah, exactly. Which that was that was very scary because. That, 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 that is just so scary when the press is trying to encourage him and then like Donald Trump's lambasting them and then like, like, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a big bang theory, right? You know, laugh track. Uh, where people think this is funny. It's like, this is not funny at all. Like, this is, this is serious stuff. So. It can be. And like, it, it's situations like that where I do feel that the press over there needs to really start holding these people accountable for what they're doing because you see a little too much of them just asking a question to try and coax an answer out of them but not really pressing them on the matter. You know what I mean? Because like, that's why yeah. we have somebody like Kellyanne Conway who's getting away with bullshitting in front of everybody and you know it's a lie. But for some reason they're not... Either they're not pressing it, or they, for some reason, are they can't penetrate Kellyanne's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing, right? This is the this is the big theory, and I mean, books will be written about this shit. That the way they control this is by just continue to lie and continue to bring more and more bullshit into the table. Where you just, I'm just, my head, my head is spinning just from remembering all this shit. Where. You know, that's how they control the narrative. They just keep going, keep going, keep going. And 
they're so far their own asses. Like it's incredible. It's it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Trump basically is having a a little group around him to, you know, clap him and be like, "You're great, Donald. You're great." Where the first thing we're gonna get to see is when he's facing real challenges, real issues in not just in the country, in the United States country, but in the world, or how other countries react to his stupid sensibilities, then, you know, there's not going to be a parade for him coming back. There's not going to be a group cheering him on because people will continue to respond with marches like this, like the one we had on Saturday, or, you know, other kinds of, not violence, but, you know, big outspoken groups of of, uh, voicing themselves again just kind of going against him and saying you're not representing our country right and you're not doing what you were supposed to do or you know even supporters I'm, I'm getting tangled in this whole thing but even some of the supporters are kind of waking up to the what what is it what are you actually doing situation or what are you actually voting for what are you actually saying yeah so it's a it's a crazy time it's a still can't still doesn't quite sink in and it's a very ballsy slash idiotic move on uh their part to what was the thing that they signed to it wasn't to necessarily stop abortion but it was like you couldn't talk about it or whatever the hell it was like some sort of golden muzzle rule or something i forget what it was called but it's something that reagan reinstated first or yeah yeah um it's just no, a I mean, really that's the thing. silly thing for them to suddenly do after a weekend of millions of women around the world protesting this nonsense. We live in an age where, you know, a lot of people have a lot of access to information. A lot of people can disprove whatever you try to lie about. We don't live in the 70s anymore. Like, you just can't come out and say, claim this false things and just expect people to be like, no, he's right. Like, it's it's just not possible. So if they continue to lie to this degree, people would just continue to prove them wrong. My interest is, is this, is, are we going to have a teapot effect where at one point it's just going to explode in the sense that, like, we are disproving basically everything you're saying. Like, every headline on the New York Times, every headline everywhere is falsely claimed thing by the president. Is it going to matter at one point? Or is it ever going to matter? Or are we just... Destined for well, this yeah, I mean, madness. like, uh, like a lot of Trump supporters completely say to like whoever that he's only acting, like he won't really act like that when he's president. But now he's president, and he's still acting like this, right? There's no, there's no more kind of safety net for him or, or that mentality since I think that people uh-huh. are probably going to wake up like and say that like, oh my gosh, like we were so wrong, <laughs> like he's not totally the guy that you know we thought that he was, and he's actually acting like what he was currently doing. And then me, our liberals are probably saying, well, we fucking told you so. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean, uh, yeah, so this is going to be a very hard four years. Probably two. If he lasts four years. Let's not put the point on, 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 uh, that's what I mean. Let's not put the whole thing on him lasting four years. Yeah. Really? I mean, the only, the only possible notion is that there's no way the Republicans are going to impeach him. And then the, the, and if, and there's a possibility that the Democrats will retake the, 
the House and the Senate in the midterms, but I don't think that's possible. So it's probably going to be four terms, unless, you know, something really bad happens to them, which I'm not really going to say. <laughs> and then Mike Pence does the, uh, becomes the president. Oh, which hey, would be an even worse scenario. <laughs> in the worlds of the great Kevin Garnett, anything is possible, baby. Anything is possible. I mean... <laughs> We just we have absolutely no idea. Fucking Paul. Oh, I, I, I like and, uh, I like Murphy's can stab it in the back at any point. I like Mur- I like Murphy's law more. If whatever 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 can go wrong will go wrong. <laughs> 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 but yeah, uh, yeah, like uh, Trump. Actually, like I don't know if you reiterated, but you know, Trump uh, pulled out the TPP, which is going to be very interesting. Now since um, that's a big weight off of China's shoulders, since now they have full reign of. Um, Asian, uh, of their Asian influence, uh, in the, you know, they have, they have a lot of influence now. Because that's what TPP was, was a response to China's growing economic influence. But now since it's gone, you can expect China will have, probably have bilateral trade deals with Japan and South Korea and South America, actually. South America apparently loves China. No, not really loves China, but more, they're more fond of them than the U.S. because of colonialism. Right. Um, so, so you're gonna see that Putin, Putin, like, for some reason, I, I don't get really Putin's mentality because, because, like, um, Trump is probably, like, probably gonna be really isolationist, right? And so that means, and the Europeans are actually considering this and saying that, oh, okay, the US is not gonna protect us in Russian aggression, so that means that we have to protect ourselves. So that means that they're gonna mil- mil- militarize beyond US's control. Which is bad for Putin because you don't want the Europeans to militarize and not to be bounded by American foreign policy because they're going to do whatever they want. And so, so you can expect militarization in the EU soon. Um, well, here's the thing. Today we had also the, the Russians say, Blau say that they were, have, they had uh, some flight missions led by US strike teams. Which was absolutely insane for half a second until U.S. officials kind of were like, "No, that's not true. Well, I don't know what the hell they're talking about." But you know, I mean, that's the thing. We don't know. We don't know Trump. Uh, sorry, we don't know Putin's angle. We don't know what he actually wants to accomplish besides continue to expand over Europe. But now that he has Trump in his pocket, allegedly, allegedly, we can assume that he's gonna either move on to whatever he wants or you know continue to slowly uh pan out his his game we'll see we'll see what turns of it but you know it's fair to say i'm scared shitless yeah i mean we're we're in uncharted waters like um which is something that you know a lot of people are kind of scared of and i'm scared of and you know they're right to be afraid of what could happen I mean, the renegotiation of NAFTA is going to scare... Well, it's already scaring me, right? I mean, it's... <laughs> like, anything can happen. Like, I'm actually talking this with a friend of mine, like, ten minutes ago, and, you know, you know, the Trump, sec- Trump Secretary of Commerce is actually supporting the idea of a Canadian import tax. You know, that's, that's pretty scary. <laughs> it's like having Mike Pence as the abortion kind of uh, panel, one of the members of the abortion panel who's... Uh, one vote gives like you know makes abortion legal legal like <laughs> so so it's it's scary times it's scary times um, so, you know, Trudeau, 
Here's one thing to think about uh, when he goes to meet Prime Minister Trudeau and uh, President of Mexico. What's his name? Enrique Peña Nieto. Yeah. Enrique Peña Nieto. Sounds so nice coming from you, Brian. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I know. But, but, when, but when he goes to meet those guys, the I feel like it's just going to be a scenario of... You guys go ahead and talk about the things that we should be doing. I'll just sit here and listen and then relay that information back to my country. Yes. Come back out and be like, I made such a great progress today. I couldn't be happier about what I did today. And then yeah. the other two are like, what the fuck is yeah. wrong with you? And we're thing. getting close to building that wall. <laughs> this was... <laughs> the, this was said on Bill Maher and you know, I'm glad that he's finally back, but yeah, I'm glad he's finally back. Trump is sadly in this position where he can take advantage of a lot of stuff that the U.S. Is, was kind of already on the cusp of and just stand in front of it and be like, you see, I did it. I'm great. I'm the greatest guy. Like, ISIS is on the brink of destruction. And he's once they do it, he's going to stand there and be like, it's all me. I yeah, did he's going to put his name and put his name on it. And even though it's already been destroyed, oh, nearing destroyed. Well, not not yet, but you know we're starting to see the path towards their destruction. Um, you're going to have a lot of infrastructure investment in the U.S. possibly, based on the fact that Obama wanted to do that for the last eight years. But guess who stopped them? Our friend Mitch McConnell. And now, you know, if they want, yeah, build all your highways, build a lot of other stuff, help the cities that need it. Guess who who did it for you guys? President Donald J. Trump. God, this was so annoying. Yeah. But hey, we still got video games, huh? Am I right? Yeah, video games are always a nice thing to fall back onto. Uh, Unless they start adding taxes to it. or <laughs> to, uh, But Mike Pence is like, those are wrong for our kids. Let's get rid of them, Donald. No, don't take my video games away from me. Just let me get Zelda and that's it. Yeah. End of story. <laughs> but I think uh, here is... Um, uh, really good spot to end it for the week. Uh, there were some other things that we could have gotten into, but I think we'll talk about next week probably if it develops like a company that is filing a lawsuit against Trump right now. Oh, yeah, because he's in violation of the Constitution. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, you know, um, so, yeah, Democrats weren't going to let, let that go right away because he basically, he has entered into power with violating a lot of stuff. So, yeah. We'll have to look into that. Yeah, we'll Definitely. be sure to pay attention to that one for sure. Um, and as usual, we'll see how the conservatives fuck around for another week. <laughs> this was nice, guys. Short and sweet, to the point. The yeah. world is garbage, and that's how we talk about it. I, I'm so excited to talk about garbage for a brand new year. Always a uh, pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for listening this week. You can follow Brian McGovern at MCGBrian on Twitter, Edric Dudang at Edric Dudang, and me, Michael Lillick, at L-Y-L-Y-L-Y-L-Y-K. If anything caught your attention, shoot us an email at mail at newsfriends.net. And if you want to show your support, please go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash newsfriends. Till next time, guys. Let's hope the world doesn't end for another week. <laughs>